Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You're listening to that Chelsea Podcast, Episode 49, Season Review. Welcome back to that Champions of Europe podcast. Doesn't get boring saying that. I'm joined as always by Jack Davies. How are we doing, sir? Yeah, yeah, I'm all good, mate. I think I've uh, the voice has fully recovered a week on and uh, been uh, brought back down to earth, coming back from holiday and back to work. But yeah, I'm all good, thanks. What about you? I'm good, mate. I'm good. Uh, right, this is our season review pod. This is the final episode of the season. Just a quick note. I know I said on Twitter, Tom was joining us, but uh, something's literally come up like so last minute that he's had to bail. So it's just Jack and I tonight, but no worries. It means we get to be, go, I guess, spend a bit more time giving, you know, perhaps more detailed answers to sort of each of the sort of categories and maps going or slightly more in-depth answers maybe to some of your guys' questions. So yeah, the season finished last weekend uh, and overall it was a pretty good season for Chelsea. We came fourth in the Premier League, we got to an FA Cup final, but we won the Champions League. And as we kind of mentioned on last week's pod, which if you've not listened to, make sure you go and check it out before listening to this one because it was a very good and very fun episode discussing being the champions of Europe. But yeah, we won the Champions League, so you know the season's kind of automatically one of the best ones in Chelsea history. That's just the way it works. Um, yeah, in this episode, we're kind of going to go through some awards. Uh, I've kind of come up with a list, asked some of you guys uh, to give me your answers and we'll read them out as well and then as well answer some of your guys' questions and who knows, I might add some more award categories on the spot as well just to fill some time if needs be. But right, first kind of award we're doing is goal of the season. Um, there were quite a few, I guess, contenders. Chelsea decided stupidly to do a knockout competition and put put, put Reese James's goal against Kai Havertz's goal for Champions League final. Like, don't quite get what they're doing, but anyway, uh, Jack, what was your goal of the season? Um, I mean, I came up with a list of quite a few, and uh, all all of them were in that uh, knockout thing. So it's good to know I'm not deluded. But um, <laughs> I think if the for the magnitude of the goal, you. you you've got to give it to have a scoring in the Champions League final uh, and winning us that trophy for the first time in nine years. That's For me, that's got to win it. But in terms of the quality of the goal, um, I would personally give it to Giroud against Atletico Madrid, pulling out a bicycle kick out of nowhere in that game uh, and sealed us a massive, massive uh, victory against, 1-0 victory against them. Um, so the the class of the goal and the magnitude of of the competition it was in and stuff i think i'd i'd give that to giroud but for other um other credible no, uh, nominations from me would would be uh mason against against liverpool i think that was just a top top goal 
quality pass from Kante. People said he couldn't make passes like that, etc. And then just Mason sitting Fabinho down and sticking it right in the bottom corner. Top goal. Reese James against Brighton, just levering it top bins. That's probably maybe technically the best goal, but just because it was against Brighton, I didn't quite give it. I edged towards Giroud. Um, then I also say Alonso against Burnley. That was a decent finish. Um, I actually thought Zuma against Burnley, towering header, scored a couple of good goals early on in the season. And then I'd also give a shout to Ziyech against City in the league. A great touch and then put it in right in the bottom corner. Edison, no chance. And then also the team goal that he finished off against Real Madrid at the, at the bridge was a top goal as well. So those are my uh, few, few uh, mentions. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm also going to give a shout-out before we go. If anyone remembers Tammy Abraham's goal against Newcastle early in the season at yeah. St James's Park, Timo Werner's run, drawing mm. all the defenders, laying it off to Tammy, that I'll give a nomination for. It was, you know, a good goal. Also, you know, just because the delivery of the ball was so good, I'll go Ben Chilwell's goal against Sheffield United. Ziyech's cross Ben Chilwell arriving at the back post. Uh, that was... Very good. Yeah, no, save that one. <laughs> There's a lot of uh, yeah, good nominees. Yeah, Giroud v Atletico is the first goal. I actually went proper mental at this season. That was the first goal I'd celebrated in a long time. That was obviously really good. Reese's rocket just was superb. It just was. And Kai's goal in the Champions League final, I get the magnitude and it's a look, it's a brilliant ball by Mason. You know, Kai's calm and composed. Uh so yeah, there's some good shouts. I'm gonna give it to Mason Mount v Liverpool. I, I am. I just. I literally just made my mind up just on the spot. Purely, you know, a big opponent, a big game in the race for the top four at the time. Uh, Say, so brilliant ball by Kante. You know, Mason Mount, the quality he showed there. Uh, yeah, I'm going to give it to Mason Mount. Before we move on, I'm going to read out some of your guys' nominations. Uh, David Branch was on the same page as me. Mason Mount v Liverpool. So you know, uh, that's that's nice though. Christopher said Mason v West Brom, the first time he saw us dragging the team forward, obviously that, you know, the start of the comeback in the free, that was an important goal and a good goal. Uh, Kamal said uh, Reese v Brighton. Harry said Reese v Brighton. Guraj said Havertz is champ going for Champions League. And uh, RJ said Giroud's goal versus Atletico Madrid. So, yeah, there's some good, good shouts. We scored some good goals this year, so that was, that was nice. Uh, Next award, this look, this one doesn't need to be explained too long. It's player of the season. I feel like it's kind of obvious. Uh, Jack? Yeah, I mean, if if you say anyone else, I think you <laughs> don't know what you've been watching this season. Throughout the whole season, you look at it like that. There's been certain players like Rudiger performing second half of the season. Kante was sort of injured at this, in the uh, early parts of the season has been unreal this half of the season. But throughout the... 38 games in the Prem, all the Champions League Cups, there's only one man you can give it to, and that's Money Mace, Mason Mount. Um, he's just taken his game to a whole nother level this year, I think. Um, really uh, shut up the haters, uh, especially, I think, in a way, Frank going has helped because people have seen a, a good manager like Tuchel come in and he's constantly selected him pretty much every single game, gave him a rest against City, I can remember, but other than that, played near enough every game, started every game after he was left on the bench in the first one. Um, and yeah, he it's just everything he does, but I thought some of the like key key things like like uh, we, we just heard you say as well, um, someone mentioned about the West Brom goal, yeah, his, his leadership and drive to bring the team forward this year has been has been brilliant to watch and and picking up crucial points for us I can think to like the Fulham game when we were in the thick of the rut and he he turned up put the ball in the back net to earn us a crucial three points against a poor team and we were poor that day but got us three points at the end of the day and when you look at the table at the end of the season it's results like that that I know we fell in the top four but we got there it's things like that um his chances created, you can argue, if we had uh, people who would be a bit more clinical up front, then he would have a lot more assists than he does. But I saw something that he's, he's created 99 chances in the, prem, in the Premier League and the Champions League, which is only one behind, in my opinion, the best of all time behind Messi. 
uh, and then De Bruyne, De Bruyne as well, I think was 95, something like that. And then, yeah, second most in the Prem. Um, his ability this season to score goals in big games, turn up in the big, big games, because that was something people used to pinpoint at him uh, as some, as like a opening in his armour almost, um, scoring the goal against, uh, against Porto in the quarter-final. Um, scoring a goal in the in the semi final against Real Madrid to send us to send us to Porto or Istanbul we fought at the time and then to turn up in the big one the biggest game in club football and slice the Man City defence open with that pass to Havertz was just beautiful to see especially with him being one of your own I think that's another reason everyone has connected with him so much more because he's been there since he was six he knows how this club runs. He knows what we're all about. He's proper Chelsea. Um, you've only got to look at what he did after after we'd uh, lifted the trophy, and he he's gone gone round holding the holding the trophy, running round like Drogba did in 2012. Things like that. Everyone loves to see it. Um, and yeah, 18 goals and 18 goals and assists this season. Not too bad. I know he's got one less than he got last year, so that's something. That I I like from him his elite mentality. He will look at that and he'll he'll not be happy with it. Um, even though he's had a great season, he's got less goals in the prem than he had last year. So he will he will be back next season to try and get better than that. And uh, all I want to say is, can we please give him number eight next year, boys? Get him with number eight and continue that Frankie Lampard legacy. <laughs> I don't really have much more to add for that. Uh, Jack kind of just <laughs> nailed it, really. Yeah, Jack, Jack just nailed it. Mason Mount's good at football. Who knew? Who knew? Uh, people with eyes knew that too. Um, right, Branchy. Yeah, his player of the season. I'd surprisingly, Mason Mount. Christopher, Mason Mount. Come on, Money Mace. Harry, Mason Mount, no contest. Uh, Guraj, interesting, he said Kante. I think fair enough. Yeah. You know, Kante That's was pretty phenomenal this season, back to his best. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, RJ said Mason and Kante was close. Uh, I guess, I, I, you know, there, I guess for a shout maybe for someone like Edward Mendy in there. Maybe, you know, he's had a really good debut season. But yeah, it's, it's Mason Mount uh, yeah. all the way. Next I question. Mean, oh, I was just going to say, just sorry, just with, just with someone like Mendy, when you've seen he's literally broken every single record in the Champions League for us going through and winning. I think I saw he's... He's kept 25 clean sheets in his 44 games for us this year in all comps. That's keeping a clean sheet in 56% of your games. I mean, that is that is some first season for him. Um, and then I just wanted to quickly give give a shout out to the uh, the man who cost nothing, Thiago Silva, the elderly 36-year-old. Why are you getting him? Why are you getting him? His leadership skills have been absolutely phenomenal picking up that defence when we were leaking goals left, right, centre. His composure on the ball is is honestly incredible. Um, and his ability to read the game, that's what I think has kept him at this level at his age now is just how well he reads the game. You barely ever see him getting caught out of, out of position. Um, so, yeah, he's been a revelation. And then just... Small little shout to to Chile. A lot of people doubted him. He had a difficult bit in the middle of the season, but for for a, a left back, wing back, whatever you want to call it, four goals and seven assists isn't bad as well. So hopefully he can kick on from here with England and Chelsea and and uh, go and challenge challenge the legacy of Ashley Cole there. Yeah, yeah, some great shouts. Look, there's some you know a lot of players had solid seasons, but you know Mason Mount was the one constant throughout his levels basically never dropped throughout the season uh so yeah mason mount player of the season say he won chelsea player of the season as well so you know makes sense match of the season yeah kind of, <laughs> kind of a silly question you know jack match of the season no oh, it's got to be last saturday doesn't it champions league final biggest game of all of the boys in that team's careers really and to to go and b- bring the trophy home uh and being there was just it was yeah, what what dreams are made of, really, and a special, special end to the season. Yeah, I think that's probably our best performance of the season. As I, sa- I said, honestly, I said it last week on the pod uh, with Danny, I said, that's honestly, it's probably one of the best performances I've seen by a Chelsea side in a final 
you know, in a final European bad performance. Uh, yeah, Branchy Champions League final. Christopher Entrenny said the leads of the bridge. You know, that was a very good. And, you know, you kind of think the significance. We, we temporarily went up under Frank. You know, that was, you know, one of the real high points of the season. Uh, Kamal said uh, Real Madrid at home and the Leeds home game reference to the song. Yeah, he, that Leeds episode, if anyone remembers uh, Kamal, I got Kamal to sing the intro for that, for that episode. That was fun times. Harry, uh, UCL final in many ways, the perfect game against the toughest opponents on the highest stage. Uh, Guraj, Champions League final. And RJ, Chelsea said, uh, Chelsea v Leicester at home. I like that shout, RJ. I like that shout. Because, you know, that again, I kind of mentioned it on a, a couple of pods ago. That was, that was special for me. That was one game I got to see this season, the Leicester game in Bridge. Just being back at Stamford Bridge, you know, 8,000 fans there, whatever. The atmosphere was pretty and the team played really well. So, yeah, that, that was a really good shout, you know. But I, I've got to go for Champions League final. That was just for match of the season's best forms of the season. That was just an absolutely incredible night. Next award, most disappointing player of the season. This is a tough one. It is a tough one. I saw a lot of people there have gone for Ziyech, which I, I understand. You, you've We brought in a player who's... 27, 28, meant to be in the peak of his career and has shown glimpses and scored some goals in big games like the, the FA Cup, was a quarter-final and semi-final, scored against Madrid, scored some big goals, scored against City in the, in the, in the Premier League, like I mentioned earlier, which was a great goal. But I, I get where people are coming from. He definitely hasn't quite lived up to the expectations. So he's definitely one that's up there. Another one for me would be Pulisic. I know he's had a few struggles with injuries, but uh, yeah, so uh, sometimes I found it very difficult watching him this year because when he, it's not like someone like Mason who, when it's not quite quite going his way, he's got other parts to his game. Like he's, you can always see he's putting in a hundred percent and things like that. But I thought at times this season when Pulisic is not on form, he's offered absolutely nothing to the team. Um, so, yeah, he, uh, for me, disappointing uh, season for him. And then I think you have to mention Werner. I know he's, he's scored, like, he scored an all right amount of goals. He's got a lot of assists, to be fair to him. Um, but he, for me, is probably the, the player I've been most disappointed with this season, just because we thought we were bringing in someone for £45 million who was going to score us. 20 plus goals in the Premier League and yeah drag us to drag us to titles and it hasn't quite worked out I know we've said a lot of the time this season he's getting in the positions he's getting in the positions and just not quite finding it but now he's had his first season I think there's got to be a this is the point where he's got to kick on next season we can't keep using that excuse because you've only got to look at the Champions League final he spurned two chances early on, miskicked them and hit one straight at Edison. And those could have cost us massively. So, yeah, for me, he's the most disappointing signing or dis- disappointing player. Fair enough, fair enough. Interestingly, yeah, no one in the comments went for Werner. You know, I guess the fact that Timo Werner, I say, we, I do, but as frustrating as I think we are a better team when he plays, we look a better team. When he plays, you look at, you know, his involvement in the goals or dragging the City exactly, defender. Yeah. You know, he does contribute. I, I, I completely get your point. Uh, Branchy said Ziyech after such a promising start. Christopher said Ziyech. Kamal uh, said Ziyech expected more. Harry Hakim Ziyech, someone I knew very little about. And with the hype he was given at his age, I expected more. Uh, Guraj said Ziyech. And RJ said Ziyech slash Pulisic. I'm going to say Christian Pulisic because yeah. Hakim Ziyech, this is his first season in the Prem. Christian mm-hmm. Pulisic, I expected more from, given what we saw last season, the back end of last season. He was poor this season. He contributed in the Champions League. Look, if you look at his Champions League run, uh, assist versus Atletico in the second leg, man of the match v Porto in the second leg, scored v Real Madrid in the semi-final first leg, assisted in the Real Madrid second leg. Right, And in the Champions League, he was decent. But you look at Christian Pulisic, he was better off the bench this season than starting, bar probably the Palace game where he was just on fire. But again, that was, you know, a rarity. Uh, we've, you know, he's had two seasons at Chelsea now. We spent £60 million on him. And I really like him as a player. I really do. He's probably 
on form. I think he's our best attacker. But I don't think we've seen six, we've not he's not repaid that price tag yet. I think we're still looking for him. Ziyech, I'm willing to be a bit more patient on. You know, Ziyech was the signing I was most excited about because I'd seen him firsthand tear us apart with Ajax. And he's no doubt had a you know disappointing season. But for me, it is Christian Pulisic because I expected him to kick on this season. And yeah, he's had injuries. Uh, but I think he's had a really disappointing season. I actually think next season is a really big season for Christian Pulisic at Chelsea because he does, if he can't stay on the pitch, you know, next season, if he can't keep himself fit or, you know, he kind of puts in a similar return, then I do think you have to start asking questions about do we maybe cash in on him and maybe look to upgrade in something better because top teams are always looking to to improve. But yeah, I'd say, you know, Christian Pulisic, I'd probably have given him, as said, um, Quick shout to another pub, London is Blue Boys. They did their sort of player rating for the season. I didn't give anyone less than a six because we won the Champions League. But prior to that Champions League final win, I probably would have given Christian Pulisic a five because I think his season, it wasn't good. So for me, Christian Pulisic is the most disappointing player of this season for me as well, given, you know, the amount of, I guess, chances he had in maybe comparison to others. Yeah. Uh, next Topic, biggest disappointment of the season. This is quite open. It could be a match. It could be something that happened. Jack, what was your biggest disappointment of the season? So, I wrote down a few things. Obviously, Frank Lampard getting sacked would, would be a lot of people's most disappointing moment. Um, just see it's, yeah, just seeing someone you've I've watched since I was, well, since I started watching Chelsea, uh, who performed year after year and is a legend at the club, just seeing him him get the sack when he was yeah we went through a tough run of a tough run of games but you looked at the fixtures that were coming along and you thought maybe you could start turning it around and just after what he all did with all the youngsters bringing them all through and you everyone just started to question oh will it will Chelsea go back to how we've always been and all those boys not be given another chance so that was a tough moment um, but at the end of the day the Chelsea board will be laughing at all the fans they'll be sat there in their in their end of season review and they'll be saying we absolutely smashed it we did the right thing we've ended the season with a Champions League trophy so I mean you've seen we've seen how Chelsea work for years so you, you can't really complain when they've done that and we've got them won a Champions League but that was a difficult point um, for me the Match match that was the most disappointing. Obviously, the FA Cup was was awful. Um, just didn't turn up on the day, and it was a game that we all thought we fought before we'd gone into it. We we'd won and we were complacent. Uh, so that was yeah, just a terrible day. But for me, early on in the season, it was when we were when we'd drawn those two games to. Severe and United nil nil, and then we went on the run with Frank. We played uh, we played that game against Leeds and played quality, beat them three one, and then we had a, a dead rubber game against Krasnodar. Forget that, but we lost one nil to Everton, and then we went to Wolves away, and that game for me pissed me off so much because we were one nil up, Giroud scored, and you just thought we need to just kill the game. Done. They scored quite early on in the second half. I think it was like 65 minutes, something like that. And then we get caught in the 93rd minute on the counter-attack and Neto just goes and blasts it in the bottom bins. And that is the one time this season I got up off the sofa, fuming, went out of the house, slammed the front door and just got in my car and went for a drive for half an hour just to forget about it. I was that angry. So for me... <laughs> That is the most disappointing moment of the season because those two games were probably the start of the downfall for Frank. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, Branchy, cup final just didn't turn up. Frank sacking two. Christopher says, Arsenal away. I mean, that that was grim. That was a real low point. That's probably, I'd say, that was the low point of the Frank reign. Uh, Kamal, biggest disappointment, Lampard sacking Harry says, losing the FA Cup final to Leicester, although it now seems insignificant, it was a match we didn't turn up for and a match we should be winning. Missed an opportunity for silverware. Uh, Guru Rajul said the FA Cup final loss. And RJ said, Lampard sacking and the FA Cup final loss. Yeah, Lampard sacking, like, that that hurt. That was a sad day. Like, yeah, we, we all love Frank. He's our hero. 
that hurt a lot. I, it, it's one of those now where given what's turned up, you know, I kind of remove that as much as it is. Like, I can't complain with that decision now and I'm not complaining with that decision because it worked out for the best. Um, I'm going to, yeah, the FA Cup final, um, that's very high up there purely because my mood from celebrating like a maniac when Chilwell scored to then the mm. pure pain and me just thinking like, are we actually going to win a trophy soon with this team? Because mm. that you felt was our best opportunity. I'm going to say the worst Arsenal side in our lifetime doing the double over us was really poor. That that was just infuriating. Um, that was literally a couple of days or a week after the Wolves game. So those yeah. two results there coupled together were just, were just awful. However... However, and I've been very vocal about this, my biggest disappointment of the season has been the treatment of Tammy Abraham. That's my biggest disappointment of the season because he was our top scorer last season. He was our top scorer in the Prem till match day 37 when Jorginho overtook him. Jorginho with all seven penalties. And the fact that Tammy Abraham couldn't even make the bench most of the time under Thomas Tuchel, that frustrated me. Um given the fact that also, you know, we're now looking for a striker, but now it looks like Lukaku's staying at Inter. Haaland's going to be very difficult to get. You're kind of wondering, what are we going to get a striker? How, you know, are we now then going to go for sort of like a an, a second-rate option? And here I am thinking, well, there's a lad called Tammy Abraham, who, if you might have shown a bit more faith, you could have maybe given him a bit more of a chance next season. But now it seems like we've lost him and he's off. And that's probably me, my only blot on Thomas Tuchel's coffee book. And I know for some people, look, it's fine. They don't rate Tammy Abraham. They don't care about the Tammy situation. And I get that. It's fine. But for me, that's the biggest disappointment of the season because I think we've lost a player there who was Premier League proven, who could score goals for us. And yeah, I think wasn't really given a fair crack of the whip. So that, for me, that is the biggest disappointment of the season. Obviously, you know, the FA Cup final hurt. But again, winning the Champions League kind of helped me get over that. But yeah. the fact that losing Tammy, that's gonna that's gonna sting. That's gonna hurt a lot because as I said I mentioned on the pod kind of briefly last week, Daniel, you know, Tammy Abraham gave you and I Jack one of our best moments supporting Chelsea in that away end at the Emirates yeah. under Frank, that turnaround victory, that at the end, but that goal just the limbs in that away end. So you know, Tammy Abraham gave us that special moment and when players give you those special moments, it kind of creates a stronger bond. So I'm really disappointed with the treatment of Tammy Abraham. I can't lie. That is my biggest disappointment. The season. I think that's a great shout, um, um, especially yeah. because, like, like you said, he wasn't given a fair crack of the whip. And you see your likes of Pudisic, your likes of Werner, who's playing every single week to try and get him going, and he wasn't. And Tammy was given the what forty-five minutes against Southampton, and that was it. And then yeah. he was subbed off twice after forty-five minutes in two. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that was my biggest. Just one season. Uh, biggest high point of the season. I mean, I feel like we all know this. <laughs> Champions League final, isn't it? Of course, of course. Yeah, nothing. <laughs> there's nothing else that can beat can beat that. No, not at all. Uh, yeah, the scenes at, at full time. Uh, would yeah, it was a it was a pinch me moment. Just stand there. Obviously, you're uh, elated being there in the stadium, seeing us win, but. It was a moment just to, I sort of stood there just thinking about it and just reflecting on it. And, and it does like choke you up and almost like bring a tear to your eyes, just standing there being like, we've actually gone and done it again. We're the only team in London with a European Cup and now we've got two. <laughs> yeah. Uh, unsurprisingly, Branchy, biggest high Champions League final. Branchy, what a hero who's at in Porto. And you kind of mentioned about the tears. Bran- David Branch, one of my favourite people we've met through Twitter. He posted a video and you can see the pure emotion. So he can't really believe it. Branchy, that video was class. Um, so yeah, Champions League final. Christopher, Champions League final. Kamal, uh, Champions League win. Harry, Champions League. Uh, RJ, Champions League. Interestingly, Guru said Tuchel coming to Chelsea. So there we go, that's a good shout. The Thomas Tuchel era, you know, well and well off and running. So yeah, that was that was really good. Uh, before we get into questions, I guess I'm just gonna throw, I guess, category out. I'm gonna go unsung hero of the season. So someone who's who's gone under the radar and not perhaps got the praise that they deserve. Andreas Christensen for me. You could give it to Rudiger, you can give it 
yeah, you could give it to Rudiger easily, but for me, Andreas Christensen, the someone like Rudiger, we've seen we've seen him be able to do it uh, in big games. You've seen him in that FA Cup final in 2018, put in a huge performance, get a man of the match. You've seen him do it. Whereas Christensen, there's always been so many doubts. He had that bit under Conte playing in in the centre of the back three, and he looked really good. And then came Lionel Messi at Stamford Bridge. <laughs> And uh, he was almost like cast to one side after then by Chelsea fans as a whole. And to see him come back in and be, he's been imperious, honestly. He's been absolutely brilliant. And what makes it even better um, from him was the Champions League final. You've had one of your best centre-backs this whole year, Thiago Silva, come off injured early in the game. He's had to step on, probably hasn't really warmed up properly at all. Steps in against Man City, who are the best team in the world at the moment. I know we can say we are after we won it, but they are the best team in the world. And he didn't put a foot wrong the whole game. There was one point where Jesus sort of got past him, but then he managed to recover and put it out for a throw. That was right near me. Um, so for me, he's he's been brilliant. So... Yeah, Andreas Christensen. Fair enough. It's kind of hard to really disagree with that, to be honest. Um, I'm going to give two nominations to both. Actually, I'm going to give three. I'm going to go Reese James, because I think up till his injury in December, he was was our best player up till December, I do think. Then he had his injuries and obviously struggled for inconsistency. But again, putting a monster performance in the Champions League final, I think he's really got better as the season's gone on. And he's certainly growing into that Chelsea team. Another unsung hero, Ben Chilwell. Again, there's so many doubts about him, but he started the season off well, had a little bit of a dip, and then was, wasn't in beside at the start under Tuchel, but he came back strong. He's really developing into a player. And, and the final one is Cesar Azpilicueta. Yeah. This man, I remember on the pod, when we scraped past Fulham 1-0, we wrote this guy off because Anthony Robinson tore him to shreds in that first half. We, we said Azpi was struggling. We asked, is it the end for Azpi? And what does he do? He comes back. He makes us all look like complete and utter idiots. Thomas Tuchel puts him in the right side of the centre-back of a back three. And the guy did not put a foot wrong, really, all season from then on in. He's just class. He is everything you want of a Chelsea player. Um, so, yeah, he is also a shout for unsung hero. But I find it hard to, to you know, look any further than what you said, Jack, and Andreas Christensen. Yeah. And... No. Uh, Good shouts um, from you, Nick. Yeah. Definitely. Aspi's a brilliant shout. He over over the however long he's been here, since twenty twelve, I think, nine years, he he gives I know there's he's like the Fulham game, for example, not good and there's been a couple, but on yeah. the whole, you can count on him to give you a seven out of ten performance week in, week out. So yeah, he as we said, I think last week he, he goes down as a Chelsea legend. He's won it all. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Uh, next award. Player you were so horribly wrong about. I feel like our answer might be similar. A player we, you know, had maybe written off, you know, and has come back and has made us look like right, right old mugs. I'm, I'm going to say Andreas Christensen. I'm going to say Andreas yeah. Christensen. Because I remember on a pod, I was so critical. We drew one all to Aston Villa in December. If you remember, Christensen, I think, got, got oh. fouled in the build-up. And, you know, and I, we, I wasn't, you know, I was very critical of him. I said, you've got to get up. And we ended up conceding while he was on the floor. In yeah. hindsight, that was a bit harsh because um, I think he was fouled. But he was a player that, again, had limited opportunities. You can't, I kind of think back to, was it Sheffield? Was it Sheffield United last year? The 3 0 loss, I think he started yeah. and had a, a torrid time. There were a couple West Ham, he got had a torrid time. Mikel Antonio bullied him in that 3-2 loss. So for me, he is a player I kind of got horribly wrong, I guess. You know, I've written off and he's come back and made me look like a bit of an idiot. So, yeah. Yeah, no, so that is a good shout. I know because so many times we've doubted his physical ability. You've seen him like that one, he, I think he went off injured, didn't he, after it? Or did he not? Um, maybe he didn't actually in that one, but he's he's 
was on the floor for a few minutes trying to trying to maybe swing VAR and loads of people have questioned that so many times so to see him come back and the form he's shown has been brilliant someone else I think it's an easy answer we've got to give a shout out to he splits the uh, Chelsea fan base he can be annoying still at points but Jorginho under Tuchel 90% of the time I'd say has been phenomenal Um, his ability on the ball to play those quick triangles with the defence turn turn defence into attack play the ball forward he's he's one of those players that if you're a football if you play football you massively respect him i think a lot of the a lot of the fellow professionals in the premier league can see how good he is uh like when he's put under pressure he most of the time doesn't uh doesn't uh lose the ball and yeah, Thomas Tuchel's transfer, uh, transformed him in the second half of this season. So I think he's another shout. Yeah, yeah, I'd kind of agree. I think to be fair to Jorginho, like I think on the whole, like yes, we have been very critical. I've been very, very critical of him <laughs> at times, especially some of his performance in recent weeks leading up to the final. But I think we kind of know that there is a player there. Mm-hmm. And at times he is sublime. It's just that, unfortunately, I do think there is still that consistency issue with him you know and at times he can drop an absolute stinker and look I still have my doubts as to whether he's can have a prominent starting role in a team that's going to want to win a Premier League Europe though you know we've said he's been superb he was immense in the Champions League for us this season but yeah I think that's we were certainly I have been certainly at times a bit harsh on Jorginho maybe a bit too harsh at times on Jorginho so yeah that's a that's a fair. Yeah, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say I'd, I'd written him off. Like maybe the yeah. question was actually re, you, how you phrased it, but he's definitely one who who I think is as uh, sharp in our estimations. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Going to go on to your question. Cheyenne goes. Uh, aside from the Champions League victory, what was your moment of the season? So another, I guess, thing. So it's the champ- as we kind of said, the Champions League for high points season. What's the sort of next best thing after that Champions League final victory? Um, God, you put me on the spot there. I should have, I should have looked at that before. Um, maybe probably the two legs against Atletico, the moment when Giroud put that ball in the back of the net. Like you said, Nick, I was off the sofa screaming waiting for the VAR but it went through and then to completely outclass them at the bridge and go through 3-0 on aggregate that showed to us at that point I know the side of the draw that we were in was pretty favourable but I think that showed to a lot of fans we we had potential to get to Istanbul or in the end Porto but yeah so for that for me that was that was a massive highlight Fair enough yeah that's a great shout I'm going to go when Mason Mount stuck in that second against Real Madrid. It was one of those games we missed chance yeah. after chance. You thought, oh, are we going to be punished? Then Mason Mount scores again. That was a goal I probably celebrated probably the second hardest after maybe the goal of the Champions League final. Is that moment when you then realise we're going to our first Champions League final since 2012. That was huge. That was just an absolutely unbelievable, unbelievable night. So, yeah, for me, that would be... Uh, my yeah. moment of the season after that. Um, that. And also shout out quickly, one more, one shout out. Beating Newcastle at St. James's Park 2-0. We never, ever beat Newcastle away. So that one early on in the season was a lovely moment as well. Yeah, yeah. Also, again, I still mentioned earlier, I'll do a shout out for, for, for Leicester at the bridge. Purely just for like an emotional point of actually just being back at mm-hmm. football. Like yeah. at that... You know, that's what we want to be. We want to be at the football supporting our team. So that was probably maybe, you know, that maybe be third after after the you know, Champions League final in Real Madrid. Um, second leg. Kamal goes, if we can't get Kane, Haaland or Lukaku, what's the next best option for a striker? That's, that's ruling out all the, all the big boys. Um... Since Havertz scored the goal in the Champions League, stick him up in the false nine. I don't know. Um, trying to think who else is who else is maybe available. I think obviously Lukaku said he's he's not now. Uh, he would have been number one for me. Um, 
I don't, I don't know. Who, who, who do you think, Nick? Lewandowski, if he fancies a new challenge. Yeah. I don't I know. That. I thought that, but then maybe he is ageing. I know we, we've been linked for him for years, haven't we? <laughs> I'll say I'll say if we could get Lewandowski, I ain't saying no to Lewandowski, that'd be class. But um, look, it's, it's fine because if we can't get them, then I say keep Tammy. But I feel like that's a, a mute, mute point at this point because Tammy is off. Yeah. So I'm trying to think. I don't know, cheeky bid, Ollie Watkins from Villa. I don't know, maybe Villa might probably want a bit from him. I don't know, uh, Danny Ings maybe from Southampton. Again, he's a bit injury prone and I'm not necessarily a big fan of it because it's a short-term stopgap and then we might struggle to offload him after. But I think that's maybe a decent short-term shout. But honestly, if not, I just love for Tammy Abraham to somehow find a way back into this. Chelsea team because genuinely I say if I don't if we if they're not um, if they're not a clear standard a clear cut above Tammy Abraham then don't sign a striker for me. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, Branchy, how many bodies are you ideally looking to add to this squad to seriously challenge for the title? Well, I know I know we uh the 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 brain went there, but <laughs> I know who we should get. But if you can if we can secure a Haaland or a or a Lukaku-esque player, then I think a striker is needed. Um, uh, potentially a centre-back, um, but for me, centre-defence, cent- de- central defensive midfielder, Declan Rice, proper Chelsea, used to ball boy with him. He loves Chelsea. He supported them since he was a youngster. He wants to come back to the bridge. Marina, get your wallet out. Roman, get your wallet out. And buy the lad. It's, um, it's not only Frank yeah. Lampard that rates him. Everyone rates him. If Tuchel wants him, get him. Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, I'll go, yeah, a stri- uh, striker in Lukaku. We need a striker. We need someone to score goals. Uh, yeah, Declan Rice. Look, I've got the memes and all this stuff ready. You know, I've been kind of on the Rice. Starting that Rice prop for a while. Look, I really want him. I really want him at Chelsea. He's a class player. And I think we need a player like him. I have seen, and this is interesting, shout Fernandinho was on Manchester City's like release list from the Premier League. I'm like, I think that yeah, it's not the final list, so I think they can up till, you know, June sometime in June. So maybe, um, you know, City like give him. But I would take if I would take Fernandinho on a free. I think you know a right shit house in the centre of the park, who's a top player. So if he became somehow available, he he's the best player I've ever seen uh, making as many fouls as he can without getting a yellow card. <laughs> He's yeah. so, so good at it. And yeah, I think he, he, you saw by Pep not starting him or Rodri, how much that swung the, the final in our favour. So I think that's a great shout, Nick, if, if we could get him on a free. Yeah. Uh, again, we've kind of been linked to like a right wing back, um, which is interesting. You know, I don't think it's necessarily a priority, you know, and I think you've got Reese there. You know, there's also, I know I haven't seen enough of Boy to comment, but a lot of people rate Tino Livermento very highly at Chelsea. <laughs> Asheraf Hakimi, if he somehow became available, would be quite hard to say no to. He's quite a good player. Imagine, yeah. uh, you know, I don't want to write Aspi off, but imagine Reese at right centre back, Hakimi at right wing back. What I will yeah. say is I'm not a fan of these Adama Traore links. I don't. Oh. I don't rate the guy really. Um, he, he just runs um, and he's not consistent enough really. However, however, if Thomas Tuchel wants him and rates him, then I kind of trust Tuchel's judgment on him. But I'm not the biggest fan of Triore personally. So, you know, that would be it. And then uh, in a dream world, if we could sign Alfonso Davies from Bayern Munich, because that, that, that kid lives rent-free in my head. That kid... <laughs> That performance against us for Bayern Munich when they beat us 3 0 Stamford Bridge just lives rent free in my head. Like, I was, I've yeah. just honestly, I've never been as in awe of a player's performance yeah. on that day. He who, tore who us apart. Who would have thought, though, after that game where we got played off the park, that a year and a bit later we'd be the ones lifting that trophy? Mate, mental. Mental <laughs> stuff. So yeah, I've kind of given some choices. Some of the but look, I'd say yeah, we need a DM and we need a striker. That's obvious. And who knows? Maybe a backup keeper. Caballero's off. Kepa. We'll see what happens there. Um, yeah. But yeah, that would be 
I think something to to keep an eye on. Um, right, bringing a, bringing a old homegrown uh, to fill that role that you could potentially do, like United, like City have done with Scott Carson, <laughs> Spurs have yeah. done with Joe Hart. Get someone like that. I don't know. Yeah, no, I think that's it. But to say we need centre back wise, I'm fairly happy with. You know, we've seen the quality of this. This front back for I guess it'll be interesting if Zuma goes, what we do there. If we, you know, because there's been links with Zuma going, um, whether we promote Gurhi, well, to, it's quite it's quite hard to tell because we're, you know, I think pre season will be actually really interesting for Thomas Tuchel to see what he does with some of these players, see what happens with the likes of Conor Gallagher, see what happens with the likes of Mark Gurhi if they're sort of given a look in. Um, you know, Tamori's basically off now, so that's one centre back down. So yeah, we'll we'll have to see. But DM DM is the DM and striker are the main two priorities. And look, if we can get, you know, get any anything other than that as a bonus, but those are the two two must haves. Uh for me. Andrew, always always want to ask a stupid question, but I love if we win the Premier League next season, will Olivier Giroud be considered unequivocally the sexiest Premier League winner in modern history? <laughs> Obviously he signed a new Chelsea he signed an extension. That that's sent that will fall down. That would like we were stunned. We were yeah, like, he's off. That 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 said us for six. Um, yeah, out of I mean, nowhere. But yeah. then you, but then if you look at how Chelsea phrased it, it was like we exercised it back in April. So I don't know if he still maybe might want to go, and then yeah, Chelsea probably to get transfer fee. Yeah. But I don't um, know. I think it's brilliant for him to be around around the club because you've seen, for example, last year under Frank, he barely played at all, and then. His professionalism to keep train. I bet he trains hundred percent every single day. Um, to then get back into that team, and he honestly he dragged us to, as well as Pulisic for his quality in that phase after lockdown. He dragged us to a top four finish last year. He scored some huge, huge goals. So for him to be in and around in and around the youngsters to see how someone like that works. I think he'd be a great, great character to keep in the dressing room. Yeah. And yeah, he would, he would be a legend if we won the Prem. <laughs> yeah. And obviously, like, it's interesting, but maybe the fact that the Euros are, well, I was going to say, then there's a World Cup next year. I was going because it's, it's fooled me. In fact, the Euros is a year later. I was thinking yeah. maybe this might be his last international tournament. So maybe there's less pressure to be regular yeah. elsewhere. Look, I think he's, I think it sounds like he's still going to be off to Milan. So, okay. yeah. But, you know, yes. Oli Giroud is obviously one of the sexiest men to play football, so obviously he yeah, could. I don't think you need to even uh, put him up for nomination for that. Everyone knows he wins that, hands yeah, down. Exactly. Uh, Jesse, my question is, what's the top priority change that must be made for us to win the Premier League next year? Kind of alluded to, I guess, with signings. Mm. But I do think, you know, mentality. <laughs> I like... We say it, they, the players have got to be up for it more. They can't, you know, I, you trust them on the whole in big games. It, yeah. it's, for, it's for minor games. And you look back to, what, the last four years of Conte, Sari, Frank and, and Tuchel, there's been some strange and horrendous results. You know, losing 5-2 to West Brom. Losses to Bournemouth seemingly every season at home. Losing, you know... There's some real, real howler results in there. And I do think the consistency is what we've got to do, what's got to change. Um, obviously, signings, I think, are needed to elevate us because I do think this squad at the moment is kind of near its ceiling, maybe in terms of the Premier League at the moment. But I do think uh, the mentality for me is probably the biggest thing that I need to see shift. But look, they've got that first trophy as a group. That's big for them. For players like Mason and Reese. You know, Mason was already uh, talking after, you know, like now he wants the Prem. He, after winning the Champions League, now he wants a Prem. He's already got his eyes set on that. So, you know, that, you know, it's exciting. It, it, it's tough, really, because it, it's kind of hard to pinpoint one thing. But I think it, it's key that we have... OK, if I was to sit up, we get our... It's tough because we've got the Euros. Get our signings in as early as possible. Give us two as much time to work with them as pre-season. Have a strong pre-season because although pre-season isn't that important... Traditionally, when Chelsea have a fairly strong pre-season, we have a fairly strong, you know, a fairly strong Premier League campaign. Obviously, last season, there was basically, there was one pre-season game against Brighton and that was it. So there was no pre-season. Um, so for me, I think we've got to have, it, see, it seems really like basic and sort of reductive, but 
good good preparation, good build up. Obviously, I think the Super Cup is on the 11th of August and the season starts, I think, on the 14th of August. If we can, I mean, we're playing the Super Cup before the season starts, we're already at a bit of a disadvantage. But I think if we could win the Super Cup, that'd be a great way to start the season. It'd yeah. be, you know, just get another trophy under these players' belts again, just boost that good feeling, keep that and sort of momentum going. Um, Jack, anything to add? Well, hopefully, we actually turn up for that one because I've seen us so many times win the Europa League or the Champions League and we just balls it up in that Super Cup so it'd be nice to go and win that as well as the Club World Cup but no I think I completely agree with all all that you said Nick I mean for those players winning the biggest trophy in club football that can only do massive things for the mentality in, in that dressing room and boost them boost the morale for those players to for them to know we're the champions of Europe. We know what we are. They're, they'll take that into these games next season. They'll have that arrogance, that confidence, hopefully. And like you said, if we can get a good pre-season under, the belt and, under our belt and start the season strong, then who knows where we can go. Yeah, Sky's exactly. Doing it. exactly, exactly. Final question. RJ, Chelsea back-to-back Champions League winners? <laughs> I love it. That that would oh that would finish me. Honestly, I think I'd be uh, I'd retire after that. Oh, that I don't know if I'd be able to cope. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it's interesting. You know, now we're the team everyone's hunting down, which is quite satisfying in a way. But now there's everyone wants to topple us. Now you yeah. saw kind of you know Atletico topple Liverpool after they won the Champions League. We saw PSG topple Bayern. You know, and in recent years. The winners of the trophy, aside from that Real Madrid ridiculous like free peat, most you know champions don't tend to fare perhaps as well the following season. So it it will be interesting to see. But I kind of on a wider point for RJ, like again, so I you know I kind of talked on pod last week with Daniel again. If you've not listened, make sure you go listen. But like this 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 shouldn't be a flash in the pan, and this should be the beginning of something special, the beginning of a new era. So I think look. Oh, the Champions League is going to be ridiculously tough to win next year. Because it's ridiculously tough to win at best times. But I think we need, we do now need to start building consistency in this competition and constantly reaching latter stages. So I think, look, whatever happens next year, we've got to have a better defence than we did last time. We can't go out on the group stages, although we did end up with the Europa League. But I don't want us going out on the group stages again. I think, really, we've got to next season. You know, Obviously, it'll be interesting with signings and why not. And obviously, we don't know what's going to happen if with teams that if certain teams are banned from the Champions League, I don't know if that's going to happen with, you know, them still not technically withdrawing from the Super League, if that will, you know, enhance our chances. But I think we've got to next season reach the quarterfinals of the Champions League. And I guess maybe we'll discuss sort of season expectations on the season preview pod when we get around to that sometime next season. But I do think there needs to be, you know, progress made. Not And progress isn't just winning the Champions League. It's actually consistently now getting to the latter stages of the Champions League, where we belong, where we were in the early years the Abramovich era because it's yeah said I don't like whatever happens like nothing can take away from May the 29th that was a ridiculously special night that is probably one of the most special nights in our lives supporting Chelsea but we don't want it to be a flash in the pan we want it to be to be just the start of something so I think yeah RJ look why not why not we're capable of this team has shown that in cup football in knockout football they're well suited to it that was probably one of the most dominant performance, dominant like winning performances in a Champions League campaign. We were behind for five minutes in total, I believe. The stat was best defensive ever record in the UEFA Champions League. Thomas Tuchel can set this team up well if we strengthen and we actually are really, really clinical in front of goal. Then why not? We could be, we could be really special. Like it's possible. And Thomas Tuchel, as long as things, you know, don't, as long as you're not sacked in November like our last manager to win the Champions League, then. Uh, then why not? Why, why not? We've, we've got we've got a decent chance. We've got a great chance. Yeah. Um, I think that's kind of sort of everything sort of discussed on the pod. Like, I'm not, not going to do player ratings because, you know, that's, we could be here for hours doing that. We've kind of covered, you know, the basics. I guess at the start of the season, you know, just mm-hmm. assessing what we said on the earliest pod when we were on with Tom, we said we wanted a more comfortable top four finish. Um, we didn't get that, but we still got top four just. We said we wanted to win an FA Cup. We didn't get that. Um, we said we wanted to get, get past round of 16 in the Champions League. And we more than did that. Um, we, we won the damn thing. Um, so it, it's kind of a weird, weird one, kind of assessing the season. Because like winning the Champions League, it just makes it an amazing season. 
it, it kind of just defies all logic. All logic goes out the window, I think. Yeah. Literally. It, it's now a great season. It's now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will... goes out the window like you only got to look at City how dominant they've been since they beat us at the bridge I think that for them was the turning point for them winning the Premier League um, and how dominant they've been but they finished the season really disappointed yeah they had a really anticlimactic finish losing to us exactly. in the FA Cup semi-final and the Champions League final yeah what could have been a quadruple ended up in just a Premier League yeah and League Cup, which, you know, seems, you know, doesn't, which is still pretty impressive, but given what, what could have been, it, it certainly, yeah, leaves, I guess, a sour a taste for them. And while us, we're on, you know, cloud nine, because the Champions League is the biggest trophy in club football that you can win. So, um, yeah. Yeah. If we kind of look back on our predictions, I think we said, we said, I, we, I said West Ham would get relegated. I think a lot of people did. <laughs> so, that, so that prediction was a good one. Uh, I, I did, I did call West Brom to get relegated. I mean, yeah. I think everyone kind of saw that coming. I think I called Fulham correctly to get relegated, so I got got two out of three. I mean, Tom yeah. Tom actually did say she thought Sheffield United would struggle this yeah. season. Credit to him, he did say Sheffield United would struggle, so that was a a good shout. He got right. Uh, I think as for top four, I think I said West Brom, Fulham, and Burnley going back to the relegation. Actually, I just yeah. wanted Burnley gone. <laughs> yeah, we wanted Burnley gone. We've seen the Burnley gone. The Bears. As for top four, I think I said. I think I got the top four spot on City, United, Chelsea. They're obviously not in order. Mm-hmm. I, can't, I can't even remember who we said would win it, to be honest. But I think I certainly thought... I thought Chelsea would come third. I think I had United. Did I have United? For, I might have gone... I don't know. I don't know. We, we recorded a long time ago. We recorded in bloody September or whatever. So, yeah. um, September, August sometimes. So, yeah, it was a long time ago. But um, that kind of sort of wraps it up. It's been, you know, our first full season covering the pod, kind of taking it up and never, like last year after Project Restart, we're kind of just testing the waters, uh, kind of trying to gauge, cons- you know, guest reception. But we've been, you know, really kind of blown away by all the love and support we've got from it this season. Met some truly great people doing it. As I said, I was at the bridge with a couple of people, you know, last week met just from doing the pod. So that was really nice. Uh, obviously, we're going to try and go from strength to strength. With the pod, you know, I'm not sure. Who knows? We might have peaked winning the Champions League. Um, first kind of trophy you win on the pod is uh, is pretty special. So it's kind of hard to, to top that. But we'll be back next season. Hopefully, fingers crossed, with COVID, we'll be actually back in the grounds. Uh, so that'll be, you know, a lot nicer than just, you know, just us watching from TV, actually us giving sort of our experiences at the games. I think it just does add something, that little bit extra. And I'm sure, you know, people probably, hopefully, if they've listened to this pod, hopefully listened to, to last week's pod, Jack telling his sort of experience out in Porto, you know, with the games, you know, me sort of saying my experience, not quite the same, but, you know, being in public, sort of kind of gave, give you those sort of more sort of match day experiences, which we've not yeah. been able to really thank, thanks to COVID. So, yeah, hopefully we'll be back. Uh, we'll, we'll be back next season. Uh, we'll have a season preview out at, at some point uh, before the season starts. I say Jack and I will be going to as many games as feasibly possible next season fingers crossed who knows maybe maybe another Champions League final <laughs> if we get there but um, yeah we just want to say thanks for all the all the love and support you've uh, given us Jack oh. no I, I just wanted to quickly button and just say um, a massive thanks to you Nick I'm sure everyone will agree that's listening now um, you've been top class and do a lot of work on the pod behind the scenes that people don't see uh, all the editing, all the organising, which guests we get on each week. So I just wanted to say thank you for all the work you've done this year on the pod. Oh, I'm right back at you, mate. It's uh, It's been a pleasure sort of talking Chelsea with one of your best mates. It doesn't really get much better than that. We've got to discuss some pretty, some pretty good uh, moments this season. Yeah, it's been really, really, really special, as I say. Yeah, we're the champions of Europe, and that's not really going to sink in, obviously. You know, have games next season, see we know what we are, champions of Europe, we know what we are. That's going to be pretty, Can't pretty wait. special. Um, those players and Thomas Tuchel are going to get a hero's reception first game back next hopefully season. We'll, um, hopefully we'll get me and Louis and the boys that we were with, hopefully we'll get our song going round the bridge. I'm, wait, I'm waiting for that. Well, if that goes round, if that rings round the bridge, That'll be me complete. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Beautiful stuff. And I think there's potentially a Kai Havertz one maybe yeah. going around that's uh that. oh Roman, do you know what do you know what he's worth? Kai Havertz is best on earth. What a boy, what a boy. Um but yeah, as I kind of wraps up, kind of get elongated now. But uh, we're on Instagram at that trust pod, we're on Twitter at that trust pod. If you're on Twitter, like like retweet the podcast. 
it helps us um, get out there to as many people as possible. At the end of the day, we're all just Chelsea fans talking about the one club that we love. Chelsea are the champions of Europe. You're listening to that Champions of Europe podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.